Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Tommy! Touchdown, Britt Tommy! 77 yards! Touchdown! Britt Tommy! It's time to sit down and talk Utah football and much more with Utah wideout Britton Cobby here on the Bill Riley Show. A conversation with Cobby is presented by Summit Foot and Ankle with nine Utah locations to serve you. Now here's the voice of the Utes with a conversation with Cobby here on Utah's number one sports talk, ESPN 700. Well, I'm. you heard those touchdown calls coming in and I was glad... I got to call two more of them on uh, Saturday night. wasn't the result we wanted, but it was entertaining, wild, fun, and the experience was off the charts at the Rose Bowl, as we've talked about all week long. I hope it was the same for our next guest. His college football career is over, and now he's on his way to try and get uh, that pro career going. He did not hurt his uh, case by what he put on the field and on tape on Saturday. Of course, I'm talking about... Britton Covey, who joins me, Bill Riley, here on ESPN 700 for our weekly conversation with Covey, presented by Summit Foot and Angle. I just told James I have not talked to you since the postgame show on Saturday. It was it was it was a wild day. How you doing? Well, I am doing better now. I'm. It will take me a few years to get over that loss, but <laughs> I'm I'm doing well and. I'm happy, and it's just strange, you know, to to not have, you know, a team lift next week, and it's just an interesting, you know, an interesting feeling. So, kind of similar to how I felt after my freshman year because I was going on my mission, and uh, you know, I didn't know what to expect. But, it, anyways, just a different part of life, different phase of life. Well, we talked last week while we were down there, and you were pretty geeked up for the game and everything else. What was the experience at the Rose Bowl and the week leading up and, and the morning of and the game itself? Was it was it everything you kind of thought and hoped it would be, obviously, aside from the result? Yeah. it No, it, especially the game. I mean, the week leading up was uh, – it was great, but we were so focused on the game that, you know, I feel like I didn't enjoy that bowl game experience as much as, you know, like the – the Vegas bowl or things like that, just cause I was so, you know, pumped for my last college game and all those things. Although I did get to bring my wife, which was a blast. Um, but that man, the moment you stepped out onto the field during warmups, it just hit you, you know, the, the history of it all and the atmosphere and, you know, just the crowd you're playing in front of the fact that you're playing Ohio state. It was, it was amazing. And, you know, just about, one of the coolest games ever, right? I mean, horrible to be a part of the losing side, but to be a part of that game and, and have it be so historic and just, I don't know, such a thriller to the end, I, I just feel lucky, you know? So you wake up in the morning, you take the bus over, and you guys are pulling up to the stadium. Were you surprised at the turnout? Because when you guys pulled up at the stadium – 
it looked like there were ten or fifteen thousand Utah fans waiting outside, yeah. waving at your. I mean, it it was. I saw the photo. I was already there. I got there way early. I was there at like nine a.m. because we just uh-huh. didn't want to bat- deal with traffic. But what what what's your reaction as you guys are pulling into the Rose Bowl and into the stadium? Oh, we all started laughing. Like it was just, it was hilarious to us. Just how, uh, I mean, obviously hilarious in a good way. Like just how dedicated the fans were. I mean, they were lined up. It was like a giant Ute walk, you know, that we used to have with the buses, with thousands of fans, and and I couldn't help but just chuckle to myself because it was, I don't know, it was inspiring, and it, and it was such an exciting feeling you could feel the energy from the whole university from the whole fan base even from the whole state you know and and uh so we got off the bus and instantly everyone's getting off the bus even guys that are scout team players are getting off the bus and getting their names yelled at them by the fans you know like hey bryson reeves you know he hasn't he's played like two snaps all year and you've got a bunch of fans that are yelling out his name (laughs) So it's it's just it was awesome. I loved it. And, and then you're in the locker room getting ready, and you come out for warmups, and, and you guys are getting like standing ovations. Like the punters and holders come out first; they're getting standing ovations. Then you guys come out. It, it was. I mean, we, we joked about this, yeah. but it, you, you might as well have been at Rice Eccles Stadium. In fact, I don't even know you guys get that kind of ovation for warmups at Rice Eccles Stadium. It's crazy. No, that was. That was without a doubt the the coolest environment I've ever played in by far. Uh, the Oregon game this year was cool and crazy, but but like in terms of just special, where you could feel something was special, um, it was it was this environment. I mean, everybody was there thirty minutes early, like everybody. You know, most people were there an hour and a half early, and uh, to be wearing those uniforms too. And I've always felt though. We, you know, the first people to take the field are the punters and snappers and returners. It's not very intimidating to have Cam Peasley and Keegan Markraft be the first ones out on out onto the field in our uniforms. You know, I, we got to send like Bam and Nick out, and then we'll we should send out the punters because every time I see Cam Peasley or Keegan or JT Greep running out there and the first ones to show the uniform, I'm like, man, that's just not intimidating but then again that's probably how people think of me when they see me with the captains you know you see mika and devin then you see me (laughs) (laughs) who's who's bringing their little brother out for the coin toss (laughs) yeah it's exactly what i thought when we were at disneyland and it was the other captains for ohio state and then us i honestly think they thought i was some administrator or something like that they probably thought i was joe Macbeth, the trainer i don't know but well, what, whatever it was, it was cool. You're, you're warming up. Did your? I mean, you shared them with me last week, and then they kind of went viral on game day. But uh, did, what did your teammates think of your uh, your cleats for the game? Had they seen them? Oh yeah, they loved them. I'd only shown a few receivers, and so everybody was pretty shocked. And you know, just a good friend, Dustin, did them, and and uh, you know, I wish I would have started doing that earlier on because. I feel like it just brings a cool, nice little flair to things. And I've never been one for much swag. You know, I tape my arms all the way up to my elbows and everyone kind of makes fun of me for it. But <laughs> I guess it's just kind of like the look that I've coined, I guess. But it was cool to, you know, put a little flair on the cleats and, you know, to do that. So if I, if I get a go in, 
into the NFL, I'll do the same thing. Well, you won't be able to do the cleats because the NFL doesn't allow any of that stuff. They call it the no fun league for a reason, Britain. They they won't. What? Yeah, you, no. once a year. the real thing. Yeah, you once a year. I think they sometimes let guys for like special, like uh, tributes to you know, can, you know, like uh, for to raising funds for cancer or something once a year. But other than that. They have to be basic and standard. Last weekend, I think Stefan Diggs or somebody wanted to wear tribute cleats to John Madden, and they wouldn't let him do it. No, that's yeah. horrible news. See, now wow. you should you should just come back for another year. Then I agree. <laughs> I told you the the one thing you know. Obviously, my buddy Gabe, like if he came back, that was going to entice me a little bit. But one of the things that made me want to come back was the prospect of having the entire mus wearing beards wearing those fake how classic would that be if the entire mus was wearing the old man beard that would be the greatest thing of all time well when when they honor you and bring you back in in several years maybe we can get the mus to do it then <laughs> and you maybe you'll be able to grow a beard by then too can you grow by the way i don't I think know, i've ever had can you grow one yet that's, hey come on it's patchy it's, <laughs> but it's there <laughs> we're talking to Britton oh, Covey today here on the Covey Conversation here on the Bill Riley Show on ESPN 700. So the game kicks off. It couldn't have started any better for you guys. Was there any talk? I'm just curious. Was there any talking? Was Ohio State trying to, you know, trying to get into your heads at all? You know, we've seen some of that this year. Some of the teams were they talking to you? Were they talking at all? You guys march right down the field. You get that touchdown. So walk us through kind of that opening drive and what kind of vibe you were getting for the Buckeyes. You know, they didn't talk to my, at least here's what I figured or what I, I experienced was the skill positions, like the corners, safeties, DBs, they didn't talk. They were pretty, you know, friendly and, and stuff. But the, the line, they were chatting the whole game. So I don't know if that's just like a common thing or whatever, but that's kind of how it went because, you know, the linebackers and DBs were pretty, you know, non threatening with their trash talk i guess and you know there wasn't much of that going on but then the linemen were getting into fights every other play so maybe that you know there's nothing going on there but they were you know they were really nice to me the whole game and really respectful helped me up after a few tackles and things like that um so no they, they were cool and you know we started off so well that i think it kind of takes away the trash talking vibe from another team when you start off like that um, but man, it's just, it, you just feel like we had that game. It's, you know, it's hard, it's hard to talk about. <laughs> well, I'm sure it is. There's no doubt about that, but you get the touchdown on the opening drive. Um, I, I want your, your feeling at, you know, I, I've called a lot of football games for a long time, Britain. There was a stretch of clock time of two minutes and 48 seconds in the second quarter which may have been the most insane two minutes and 48 seconds I've ever seen there were five touchdowns scored in two minutes and 48 seconds they (laughs) four of the five touchdowns were 50 yards or more you were part of one of them with a kick return just walk me through What's going through your mind and what the vibe is on the sideline during that stretch? Because it was, it was unbelievable. Well, it was one of those things where as much confidence as we had in our defense, 
we as an offense told each other before the game that in order to win this game, we're going to need to score above 42 points, you know, and so we, it wasn't really a surprise to us. Obviously that stretch was just, you know, bang, bang, bang. But we knew that it was going to be like that. Ohio state's so explosive and they have so many weapons. So it was a, it was one of those things where we kind of just laughed at each other on the sideline. Even when Ohio State would score, we would just look at each other and kind of chuckle and say, you know, this is what we expected. And I bet the country's getting the kick out of this one. You know, we, we, I think I said that to Cam during the game. I'm like, man, talk about putting on a show. This is pretty entertaining. So uh, it's, uh, that stretch was pretty remarkable. I mean, they, they had a couple times too where they drove down in three plays and, you know, we just couldn't stop him. It was it was tough. Walk me through the kick return. Well, I I told you before, didn't I tell you before the game that I'd get a kick return? I you told I me told you were gonna you were, you told me punts were gonna be difficult, but you were gonna get some kick returns. Yep, and uh, I knew that their weak link on their unit was the kick return unit. It, at least in my mind, it was, and. Uh, so, you know, at sea level, the ball doesn't go as far. So I got some returns. They they start, they kick them in weird spots, though, to where it's really hard to set up a return when the ball is caught at the 15-yard line, at least the types of returns that we like to set up. Um, so that that one that I took back was nice because we started at the five-yard line. It gave me about a half second to set it up vertical before I, you know, tried to cut outside and then, we had a couple guys that had lost their lane. So I, at that point it just became instinct. And I was, you know, just trying to use vision to, to cut back inside. And there's a key block in that play by Connor O'Toole that I don't score. If it's not for Connor O'Toole, it, he, you know, he kind of misses his original block. Um, and his guy goes the long way around. Anyways, I am able to avoid his guy, but rather than just kind of, you know, hanging back and stuff. He turns up field and he blocks this guy who's right in the tackling lane. And that springs me. And so it's just a cool, you know, talk about unsung heroes of plays like that. Someone like Connor O'Toole. And uh, then, yeah, once I saw the lane, I just knew it was a foot race. And so I just, you know, I ran and it was really cool because (laughs) right in that corner of the end zone, there were about 50 to 60 coveys and and of my wife's family right in that corner right above the tunnel entrance and so I ran right to them for my last college touchdown and I pointed at them and then I blew my wife a kiss and that got me some brownie points and uh just cool to score my last college touchdown in front of my family that is some really really cool symmetry you looked backwards once or twice when did you feel like they weren't going to catch you well, I looked backwards at the guy on my right at first, and uh, I didn't think he had much of a chance. And then the guy on my left, he was a DB number one. Um, I basically wanted to, you know, I kind of cut in front of him, and I was trying to get a sense of whether I needed to drift, you know, to the right or left, so that it would kind of force him to change directions or if I could just beat him with straight on speed. And that's why I was kind of, you know, peeking back there. Because if, if he starts to catch up, you want to you make a move, you know. You want to cut to the right a little bit. It takes away his angle, some zigzag. Um, but 
I, I realized, you know, I can pull away from this guy. So, and it's cool. Cause I, you know, there are very few opportunities with kind of, you know, how our offense is that I get a show straight on speed. And so I feel like it was fun to, to be able to show that a little bit. Um, I got, I got to ask you now, now that we can, we can put it in a little perspective, whose touchdown run was better yours or cam? Oh, cam. Cam's is so <laughs> epic. He, cam is just watching him play football is so funny because he, he genuinely is thick boy. Like he, on that spin move, it looked like the most unathletic spin move, and yet the fact that he stayed up was the most athletic thing of all time. And then he's going out there, and he totally taunts the guys by slowing yeah. He down. he slowed. They definitely slowed down. <laughs> oh man, I'm gonna miss playing with that guy. I love Cam. <laughs> Such a great guy. Covey, so happy he's okay too. Covey conversation here on the Bill Riley Show, brought to us by our friends at Summit Foot and Ankle. Um, the last thing I kind of want to get to game wise, and, and I asked you about this on the post game show, but a lot of people were down in Southern California may not have heard it, but cam gets knocked out cold. You guys are, you know, it's, I think at that point in time, it's still a tie game. They didn't take the lead. I don't think yet took it. I think on the next dry. Anyway, cam gets knocked out cold. And I'm not sure who's coming in. I, Andy, Andy loved Bryson Barnes, but I, I wasn't sure if maybe they'd stick Jaquindon in for a couple of snaps or what it would be. And then we see Bryson Barnes coming in, and we're like, oh, my. The walk-on from Milford is stepping onto the biggest stage of all time. So what, what's, what's the conversation with, with, with him? I know you told us this on the postgame show, but for those that didn't hear it, what are you guys saying to Bryson Barnes as he's coming into the ballgame? Well, <clears throat> Bryson is very similar to how Cam was at the beginning of the year where, you know, even though they're not the starter or, you know, it doesn't look like they're going to play, they're so positive all of the time and they're so just happy for everybody's success that, you know, when someone like that gets called up, it fills the team with like an excitement for them. You know, it's, it just feels it filled all of us with like, hey, you know, it wasn't a fear of, you know, no, it's Bryson. It's like, hey, B, you're getting your shot, man. Like, this is awesome. Just because you've had so many experiences where he is so happy for you and happy for Cam and even Charlie when he was playing, you know, that it, it kind of filled us with this excitement. And uh, one thing about Bryson is he's really smart. And, you know, I think that's why, you know, a lot of people were wondering about Jaquindon, but Bryson has put in the work to really know this playbook and know all of the checks and coverages and things like that. So that was what gave Andy the confidence, I think. Um, and Bryson came in here and he just started, you know, he looked at the lineman, he goes, we're going to win this game, baby. <laughs> you know, he just starts like yelling at the whole offense. And cause that's just how he is. You know, he's just confident and, and um, just the, you know, a smiley face, just a ball of energy and stuff. So he came in and it's not like we had to hype him up. He was hyping all of us up and maybe he was nervous on the inside, but it didn't, it didn't seem like it. And, uh, it's cool to go out there and what a story. I mean, I, I was laughing out loud at some of the tweets that, uh, my friends were showing me after the game about Bryson that, you know, this, hog farmer guy comes in and then he's the next Dan Marino or something. I don't know. I was laughing my head off. 
but proud of him. Such a cool story and moment. And uh, just, I think of all the things I learned from that, it's not how ready he was, but how ready we all were for him because of the type of person that he's been all year, even not playing. So when he came in, it, we were all excited for him. Well, it was great. And I I just, I, I just would have loved for him to get one more crack, you know, the defense to get yeah. a stop and, and let's see what happens. You know, I was, I was curious too. You maybe, maybe you have some insight. If there's, you know, if you get, you get scored the touchdown to tie it with about a minute and 40, 49 or 50 seconds to go. I'm just curious if there's a minute or less to play, do you think Witt goes for two and goes for the oh, win? Yeah, absolutely. We're okay. going for two. I even think if it's just over a minute, you know, minute 15, minute 20 left, we're going for two. And uh, and I knew what play we were going to call. And, man, yeah, hindsight is twenty twenty. I You know, at some point you're, you just got to, you know, you're, you got to get a stop. But but a minute 20 left, eh, anything under that, we're going for two. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. What do you think the play call would have been had you gone for two? Because you guys practice the two-point conversions all the time. Give me an idea. You guys, you guys go. It's 45-44. There's 45 seconds to play. What do you think Andy calls? So you're calling one of two things. You're calling um, this, this, uh, both of them are rollouts to the right. Um, one of them is kind of similar to the Kalen Clay touchdown versus USC in 2014. You know, kind of a rub pick play Yep. with a, with a slight rollout to the right. The other one that I actually think is more likely that he would call is, it's a, it's a play that I love. I don't know if we ran it this year. I think we might have run it one time. But it's a play where Keithy, because Keithy, you know, he's not a real pass pro kind of guy or anything like that, but he can have these <laughs> velocity. He can have velocity blocks where he comes across the formation at full speed. And, you know, Keithy, he's just a dog. He doesn't fear anybody. So he'll hit a D end full strength, you know. So we have a lot of run plays where the right tackle will leave their end and go up to the backer and Keithy will come across from the left side at full speed. And, you know, either a tackle hits that end and Keithy goes up the hole or Keithy will hit the end on a backside block. So the play is you snap the ball while Keithy's on the left on, you know, motions from the slot. And then it's just one of those ones where he slips the D end. He's, it looks like he's going to away block him, 
but then he slips him and goes out to the flat. And the quarterback, you know, fake handoff up the middle, and then it's a quick ball out to the flat. And I think that that's what we would have done based off how they were playing. We will never know, though. Alas, yeah. we will never know. You may, you may hey, have. Did you see that I was never actually down on that last kickoff return? Yeah, but did you know that? I mean, did you know it in real time, or did you just kind of like everybody else see the video clip that circulated on social media and then no, knew? No, I knew it. I knew it, and that's why I kept running with the ball after I picked it up because I purposely fumbled it right, and then I purposely didn't pick it up until after I had gotten up from from my knees. So that they wouldn't be down. But once I heard the whistle, I knew that they, you know, I knew that it was over. It, you know, there was nothing I could do about it. But I did know in the moment that I was never down. You were trying to set up the throwback. Who who was the throwback supposed? I mean, Theo was. I mean, had you been able to turn around and throw it, Theo was. I mean, there was nobody in the greater Pasadena yeah, that, that area that. near him. Was it supposed to be to Theo, yeah. or did it just end up he was standing by himself? So that was actually Nephi Sewell. Oh, was it Nephi? Both, okay. Yeah, it was Nephi. They're both number one. So we thought that Nephi was, they were going to kick it to Nephi like they had been doing earlier in the game, you know? And the plan was for Nephi to throw it back to me, and then I'd run a little bit and then throw it back to Dalton. But when they threw it back, when they kicked it all the way back to me, it just kind of screwed all of us up because they hadn't kicked one to me in, you know, four kicks they kicked one out of bounds then they tried to kick two up to nephi um so we just assumed that would be it so when they kicked it back to me it kind of screwed everything up based off of what i was trying to set up and you know some form of throwback to dalton so what what you know what you saw was kind of just like improvisation we didn't really know what what to block Talking to Britain, uh, a little bit about the Rose Bowl and stuff. You, you talked about that memory. I'm just curious because while it was it was kind of disappointing and, and sad in the moment, afterwards, you know, it kind of sunk in that you guys just played an absolute classic game that will be remembered by Utah fans and Ohio State fans forever. But that goes down as one of the great classic Rose Bowl games ever played. And there wasn't anybody – nationally fans anybody I didn't feel like anybody was hanging their heads yeah it stinks to lose but you know what what was you know after you got showered and you took the tape off and you got cleaned up and kind of got back to the hotel or was hanging out with your family did did it were, were you were you sad were you upset I mean I know it's your final game but from the game itself did you feel like wow we just played an unbelievable football game yeah it did and you know, that's what makes made the loss harder in the moment. But as time passes, I know more than anything, what I'll remember from it is <clears throat> the fact that I played in a classic. You know, I mean, I I was getting messages from... Well, you start, you everybody. didn't, Britain, you didn't just play in a classic. You you starred in a classic. You were you were one of the centerpieces of it. Oh. And that makes it, I mean, to be, to be very fair, yeah. it's one thing to suit up and run down on special teams. It's another thing to be a star in it, so... Anyway, you, you right. started already. You said yeah, you were getting messages from everybody? Yeah. I mean, everybody across the country, a bunch of my old teammates and even old people that I played against in the NFL. And, you know, it just kind of put it into perspective. If, you, if you're if you a football fan, you're watching this game, you know. And uh, so it was really cool. I, I was even getting messages from, you know, old coaches that had recruited me. You know, like Matt Wells was, was – <laughs> texting me and coach a rod and 
even other coaches from the Pac-12. So it was just really cool to to kind of realize, you know, the last game I I got to go out there and and play in a very historic game, and and I think that's what I'll remember more than the loss in the future. Hopefully, it's just the fact that I got to play in in a classic. Uh, your phone, my phone was exploding. Yours was too. You get back to the hotel, you're hanging out, your wife and your family, you're scrolling through your text messages. Who was the craziest or most unexpected or <laughs> give, give me the one that just caught you off guard and you're like, wow, there's a message from this guy on my phone. Was there one of those? Um, let me think. Yeah, there, there were quite a few that the truth is, and if you're listening to this and I haven't texted you back, I am so sorry. I I haven't texted probably 150 people back. And I just, I apologize because I haven't even opened most of them. Um, but I think some of the texts that made me the happiest were a couple of my old companions who live in Ecuador and Peru that they were watching the game and it was the first football game they'd ever watched. They had no idea what was going on. And I got these big, long texts in Spanish. Oh, Elder Kobe, it is El Grande. You know, it's just like, it made me super happy to know that they were, you know, watching. Well, that's... So of all like the old players and things, those ones meant more to me because they knew me as Elder Covey, you know, not, not Britain Covey. They, they knew the, the little Chilean Covey. Not the guy that flexes over defensive players that tackle them out of bounds. Yeah, yeah. Not not the unsportsmanlike conduct, Kevin. So the Rose Bowl's over. I hate to say it, but your college football career is over, and now you've turned the page and you're on to the next chapter. Um, you were just finished up a training session. That's why he's on the phone with me today and not in studio. He was on the did training today. You stayed in California for a few days. Did you find an agent? Do you have your plan? What's what what's what's now what's now day to day for you? What's you know, and it's not going to lift at the facility yeah. anymore. It's not going to meetings. You're done with that stuff. So what's the next page now look like as you begin it? Yeah, so on the training, um I stayed in California, met with some agents and I I finalized a deal with my agent. I'm going with uh, Joel Turner with Rep One Sports. So I'm really excited about that. Joel's such a good person and, you know, just really believe in him. And, um, you know, that was obviously a tough decision. Some great agents out there, but I'm really excited about that. Got to meet with him in California. Um, so that's cool. And, and now I'm just training every day and getting feedback from the NFL about, you know, what the best body you know body fat percentage and 40 time they want to see and all those things and that's kind of just what we're aiming for so i'll be training every day and doing whatever i can hopefully i get to go you know throw with some some guys some quarterbacks over the spring and then train with some receivers coaches over the spring but i i've gotten some good feedback from people and so i i hope that you know leads me to a couple opportunities and Either way, I'm just content with how things have gone in college and excited to, you know, just put myself out there. It's one of those things where, you know, I just, it, there was a line, we went and saw American Underdog, right? And normally, I mean, obviously all sports movies like that are pretty cheesy, but I loved it. I was crying the whole time. It was great. But, but uh, 
there was a line from the wife that said, what was it? Destiny belongs to the underdogs. And so that's kind of what my motto is going into this. You know, I'm going to do what I can to, you know, take that underdog story. So are you excited? Are you nervous? Are you, well, I mean, what's, what's kind of going through right now? Because this is now all new and uncharted territory for you. Right. Well, yeah, I always get nervous. I get nervous before, you know, I got nervous before playing Arizona who hadn't won a game. Like I, I get nervous all the time. And so I, I am nervous and stuff, but I'm really big into visualization and stuff. And that helps me so much. I visualize everything. Like the amount of times that I visualized that kick return against Ohio state. I mean, I, I did probably five interviews before the game and then three of the five, I told him that I'd probably take one back for a touchdown on kick return, you know? And so I visualize a lot to help me so that when I get in the moment, it's like, I've already been there. And, you know, because of my mind, I've been there 50 times. And so I don't feel that kind of pressure. And so that's kind of what I'm doing right now is just visualizing opportunities or even lack of opportunities and uh, how I'll respond to it, how I'll react and, uh, so that's kind of what I do because I am scared, you know, but I'm, I'm also excited and I'm excited to, you know, train, you know, I haven't trained like this in a, in a long time. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be exciting. I think there are a lot of, you know, people that believe in what I can do enough to at least give me an opportunity. And I think there are some good player comparisons in the league right now that hopefully give some people some confidence that, to give me an opportunity and uh yeah now i just got to put on a little bit of weight keep my speed and you know maybe grow my hair back we'll hit, see hit, <laughs> hit hit i mean you, you select joel turner but I mean, have you gotten any feedback i mean based on the season or, or the bowl game itself is it too early to to have gotten feedback from the league yet um, did I say Joel Turner? I, Bruce Tolner is what. Oh, I, I thought meant you said. Say. I thought yeah, yeah. I think you said Joel Turner. Is it Bruce? Oh, Tur- I said Tol- Bruce Tolner. Gosh, yeah. Sorry, Joel, if you're listening to that. Joel is another agent that I was meeting with, but Bruce Tolner. Gotcha. Um, with Rep One Sports. Anyways, it, 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 um, do, have, have they gotten any feedback? Do they have anything to tell you yet, or is it too soon? Um, I I mean I've gotten. Basically, I'm relying on the feedback from scouts when they would come and watch practice. Gotcha. You know, and 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 they would ask things to Coach Bump or Coach Whittingham and things like that. Um, but uh, I, you know, I know I'm not, I know I'm probably a later pick uh, if I get picked, you know, or if I'm an undrafted free agent. The the thing is, all I need are a few teams to need me to fill a position you know i'm not a devin lloyd where all 32 whatever teams are going to want you because you know they don't need those things and so uh we'll see i the feedback that i've gotten you know i don't know how much i can share of but it is it was encouraging to me and uh i you know i don't know i i haven't you know decided what i'm going to do with you know the the senior bowl game types of things and stuff like that. I haven't received a combine invite officially yet. So we'll see if that comes or if it doesn't, you know, I don't really care. Whatever happens, I'm just going to go all out on it. Moment or two more here with Britain on the Covey conversation today. So 
Let, let's just take a quick glance ahead. Um, your time at Utah is done, but the foundation's in place. Um, there's a lot of talent coming back next year. H- how excited in your mind should Utah fans be about next year's team? I think they should be stoked. I I think that the weaknesses of our team will be easily filled next year. And I think that that is, you know, encouraging because we have a lot of strengths. And so now I think it's time to say, okay, where were our weaknesses this year? Because we got some strengths coming back, which is that we'll always cover up your weaknesses to a point, you know, but when you're playing against good teams on the road or wherever it is, it's not going to, you know, do, do the job. So I think they should be excited. I think that, you know, having Cam in there from the beginning is going to be huge just for the state of the offense during spring ball and fall camp. You know, we, we were so much more progressed uh, when Cam got in there just because he had been in the offense. So having that for a whole off season will be huge. And yeah, I, you know, I can't coach yet, but I best believe now that I'm not a player, I'm going to be in coach Winningham and coach, Ludwig's ears nonstop. They're going to be, they're going to not take my calls anymore because I'm going to come with all these you know, ideas and stuff. But uh, I think we got to work on our special teams a little bit next year. Um, that's one of the main areas for me that I think is going to be big. And I'm going to be the biggest Utah fan out there. You know, I'm going to watch every game and, and uh, I'm excited though. You're, you're going to have to battle Eric Weddle for that um, title because Weddle's ridiculous, yeah. and, and he's now retired, so he's got a lot more time to focus on it. You've got to play. You're going to be on a football team focusing. Weddle's got a lot more time to be super fan now. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Weddle and I, he can grow an actual beard, so he can keep the title of super fan. I'll just wear, I'll wear my fake Weddle beard. <laughs> Who's the best candidate to take your positions next year? Who's the is is your replacement for punt return? and slot on the roster right now for slot i think it is for punt return i don't quite think it is i think that um you're gonna i i think that one of the kids coming in i know the the undersized kid peppins i know he's got some shake to him so if he ever comes out here i'm gonna bring him i'm gonna bring him in for a few days and train him um, just on some things that I learned, you know, as well being undersized um, and, and as a punt returner and receiver. So I, I hope, you know, I believe in that kid and I, I, I don't know much about him, but but I, I think uh, he could be a good punt returner. Uh, Devon Bailey is a good punt returner. You know, I don't think he'll be as flashy as some of the other ones, but he catches the ball, which is the most important thing to coach with every time. And then for slot, it's all going to depend on what they do with two people, Money Parks and Brant Keithy. I could see them moving Brant to slot, you know, because he'd be a great – he basically plays slot already. And we don't ask too much of the slot in this offense in terms of route combinations. Basically, if you're good, if you're good at running with the ball, you could play slot at this offense. And then if they want to keep Money Parks outside, because Money Parks can go inside as well. He, uh, I think the one thing he's got to learn is how to beat some of the bigger guys, you know, when they get a hand on you. And that, that takes some experience, you know. I look back at my freshman year, and I had a great freshman year, but the amount of times that I got held up because I wasn't able to 
understand how to use quickness to my advantage in the slot. So I think there is someone on the team for slot next year. And I personally think it's Keithy. Um, I think that we would do best to just basically have Keithy be on the field at all times, whether that's going out of 11 personnel and he's the slot or just 12 personnel and he's the other tight end, you know. Um, but we'll see. You didn't even mention 13 personnel. They're gonna, you know they're, they ran yeah, that like well, 25% of the time this year. You know he's going to have to be on the field for that. Yeah, and if that's the case, then he will play the slot, and you'll have Vele out there or Solo out there as the, you know, the wide. I just don't know what the other tight ends are like coming in. and uh, But I think that he'll the most likely take over for that role is Keithy, which there's no drop-off at all, you know. I mean, he brings elements that even I didn't have, so. Well, before you go, you you know this now. We'll talk again here real soon, but uh, maybe even next week, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, now that you don't have meetings to go to, now that you don't have class to go to, now that you don't have practice to go to, you just train for a few hours a day. There, there's no excuse for Varsity Blues not to be reviewed uh, on this on this show very soon. When is it? Yeah, when is our last? scheduled show isn't it next week yeah it, it is but i mean we we can always i mean we can always extend the deal i mean you do like money right and now that you're not under the scholarship realm hey. you, you need to pay the rent so we're more than happy to keep this rolling with you as long as you want to do it so i do need to pay the rent that is you know maybe you know i yeah let me talk to my agent well, well you, you you and i you and i cool? you and i could chat about that we can we could chat yeah, I don't have to get things approved by compliance anymore. This no. is amazing. It's, it's just you, me, and your agent. We just have to figure out what the number is, and we're good to go. <laughs> Let's go to Summit Foot and Ankle. <laughs> well, they'll take good care of you. Hey, as long as you're talking on the radio, Summit Foot and Ankle is going to be on board with us, so we're good to go there. <laughs> yeah. No, this has been great. I've really enjoyed this segment, and and it's been, you know, it's been good, and you've always been very good with me, even after losses, knowing how to talk to me about it. So I appreciate it. <laughs> well, Saturday was a loss. There's no doubt about it. But in many, many yeah. ways, it was it was a win, too. There aren't moral victories, but that game itself and the way both teams performed, yeah. Ohio State was the winner on the scoreboard, but I think both teams walked out of there with a W because it was amazing. I agree with that. I I and I think it's going to be kind of a monumental, you know, similar to the Sugar Bowl and Fiesta Bowl. Those things. It's going to be a monumental kind of kind of game that you look back at. Even though you lost, it, you know, kind of changes the course of the future. So It does. Hey, I'll let you go. Um, thanks for coming on, as always, today. We'll do this again next week, and then after that, we'll just see what we decide we want to do. But uh, have a great time. Thanks, Britt. Okay, thanks, Bill. Appreciate it. There you go. Britton Covey with us here on the Covey Conversation presented by Summit Foot and Ankle right here on ESPN 700.